This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the place to stay updated and educated. Tech Guide, episode 432. Happy New Year. Hello and welcome to the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer tech news and reviews. My name is Stephen Fennec and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, what technology and products we can expect to see in 2021. Are you addicted to your smartphone? New research suggests you are. And LG is first out of the gate this year with an announcement about new TV technology. In the Tech Guide Reviews, we're going to take a look at the big waterproof speaker you can take anywhere, the Ring Indoor Cam to keep an eye on your home and the pets, and the HyperX Quadcast S microphone. And we'll answer all of your tech questions in the Tech Guide Help Desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Well, Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, This is the first episode of the Tech Guide podcast in 2021. We hope you had a lovely Christmas and New Year break. Uh, We did, uh, in case you're wondering. Uh, We had a nice uh, little break and spent time with the family and are gearing up for another big year. Just, Just to give you a bit of a heads up too, my Tech Guide website is actually approaching its 10th birthday, late January. January 24th, to be precise, will be 10 years since the Tech Guide website went live for the very first time. So we're planning some pretty big celebrations and competitions and stay tuned for more details. It's going to be a very exciting time. But in the meantime, we're going to get down to talking about what we can expect to see in the new year. This new year, 2021, it's barely a few days old and we're already looking ahead at the technology we can expect to see, the trends we're going to see. So a, a lot of people are wondering what direction are we heading? Where are we going? So I've put together a little bit of a list. You can check it out fully on uh, on our website, techguide.com.au. And we, we talk about what we expect to see, the, uh, the trends we've observed, the rumours we've heard, and we're going to talk about it right now. And first up, I think it's a it's a no-brainer. I think we're going to see a lot more foldable devices. And I'm talking smartphones, of course. Samsung is already, would you believe, this year will be their third generation of foldable products. Because they're up to the last year they released the Galaxy Z Fold 2. They released two versions of the Galaxy Z Flip, a regular, a 4G version and a 5G version. So this year we're going to see third generation technology on just from Samsung. So that, that's exciting just in itself. I'm, I'm sure we can expect to see new sleeker models that I think the first two were, were great. I think the, the improvement from generation one, let's take the Galaxy Z Fold as the example, generation one to generation two, the improvement was day and night. It was incredible improvement. So I'm really excited about what generation three is going to bring. But Samsung won't be the Lone Ranger with foldable devices. We can expect other manufacturers to follow suit, and in particular, two, which are kind of going to be rolling out the same technology, the same screen technology, not not technically foldable, but with the same goal in mind in terms of providing 
a larger screen when you need it. That's the whole point, I think, of the foldables that Samsung's demonstrated, particularly with the Z Fold, is that it's a phone one minute, you open it up, and then it's suddenly a tablet. So I think the 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 that's that's kind of the end goal for manufacturers when it comes to these new devices. And Oppo, and first even before Oppo, TCL demonstrated a rollable screen technology. So it's it's kind of like an internal scroll inside the device, and you basically stretch it to become a tablet. And then when you're done, it it you push it back, the edges back together, and it then becomes the size of a tablet again, of a smartphone, I should say, again. There is actually video of the Oppo the Oppo device, and TCL have, uh, or both of these are on Tech Guide. So we're expecting these to appear perhaps late in 2021. So before the end of the year, we are going to perhaps see more those of those rollable devices, not technically foldable devices, but there will be other foldables from other companies. Now, the biggest, one of the biggest manufacturers, or well, nearly as big as Samsung, is Apple. And of course, there once they do something like a great example is with the iPhone 12, that was the first 5G iPhone. And now suddenly people were aware of 5G, and and so were the telcos. They really put a lot of work behind, a lot of promotion behind the release of the iPhone 12s, so people are more aware of 5G. Now Apple, I don't think we're going to see them diving into the foldable market this year. But there have been reports that they have two foldable iPhone prototypes, and both of those prototypes have just passed, reportedly, internal durability testing. And the rumour is that these prototypes are being sent to the Foxconn factory in China so they can be fold fold strength tested. They're going to open and close each of these prototypes over 100,000 times so for, for durability. So uh, won't, won't be seeing that any time in 2021, but I think the moves are there, whether it's a foldable iPhone or a foldable iPad. So whether it's a phone iPhone that opens up to, to a size of a mini iPad or a, an iPad that folds down to the size of an iPhone, We'll all find that out in due course. It probably won't be this year. I'm tipping 2022 at the very earliest. So perhaps this this podcast in a year's time, we might be talking uh, with a little bit more knowledge about what Apple's movements are in that space. But speaking of bendable and foldable products, it's not just restricted to smartphones. Laptops will also adopt this technology in 2021. In fact, Lenovo has already done it. Lenovo has released the X1 Fold, which is basically a 13.3-inch tablet that can bend in half and be used as a laptop. So the bottom half would be a virtual keyboard and trackpad. The top half would be the screen. And then when you're done, you simply fold it flat and you've got a 13.3-inch tablet again. I think there'll be other companies following suit with that one as well. While we're on computers, of course, we are going to see more of Apple's M1-powered Macs, and in particular, the iMac. There were a lot of rumours, really persistent rumours, about a redesign of the iMac. It was the, the big rumour that it was going to be revealed at the at Worldwide Developers Conference last year, 2020. And we saw nothing of that. But now with this M1 processor, which is a system on a chip, we've spoken about it and written about it and done videos about these M1 um, MacBook Air and the 13-inch MacBook Pro. And they are a remarkable improvement over the previous generation on the strength of this M1 
the M1 processor. So with the iMac, I think this is going to be one of the most exciting Apple releases with the new, not only with the new M1 processor, but an all new design. The iMac has stayed pretty much the same for the last eight to 10 years. Not much has changed in, in, in the design and shape. So I think uh, exciting times ahead for an M1 powered iMac and I for one will be first in line to buy that. I'm, I use my iMac as my my daily computer, and uh, I, I think this this next one with if looking at what what M1 did to the MacBook Air and the 13 inch MacBook Pro in terms of performance, and speed and efficiency, it's uh, it's going to be a game changer. And of course, no need for there to be battery improvement because the M, the iMac's a desktop computer. But that's another byproduct of the M1 processor is the battery life on the MacBook Air and the MacBook Pro virtually doubled on the strength of having that M1 processor and the efficiency that it offered. Incredible. Uh, looking forward to, to the cellular networks, we, we've, we've already spoken about 5G, the iPhone 5G, iPhone 12 is already out with 5G on board and I think every flagship phone and even upper mid-tier device released in 2021 will be 5G compatible. And the networks are growing in kind as well. So they are growing to accommodate more people having 5G devices, Telstra, Optus, Vodafone. Their networks are going to expand even further in 2021. 2020 was a big year for for the, all the telcos because uh, especially Telstra, they, they've rapidly increased their, their 5G footprint. And that, that's going to continue in 2021. In fact, near it'll near completion in 2021. With uh, in the major areas, CBDs, regional centres, those areas, both all, all three, Vodafone, Optus and Telstra, uh, are going to have a lot more 5G to offer customers. So those customers who thought ahead and, and purchased a 5G device, I think uh, that early adopter behaviour is going to pay itself off in 2021 because you're going to get more 5G, more speed, more capacity. So enjoy that. I think a lot, a lot of customers are going to realise the power of 5G uh, with all the new devices devices launched and also the increased 5G footprint. Now on the TV front, TVs uh, were I think probably the most valuable product we owned in 2020, especially during the pandemic. We used it to stay entertained, to stay fit, to stay in touch. We it, we couldn't go to the cinema, so it was our entertainment device and I think a lot of the the big TV manufacturers have, have taken note of this that a lot more people are looking to for higher quality to stay entertained at home. And thankfully, that technology is already here and it's only going to get even better with the new range of 2021 televisions. So we're talking improved picture quality, improved audio quality, even larger screens. 8K is going to, be, I think, become mainstream. We're going to see a lot more 8K content. They're talking streaming in 8K, broadcasting in 8K. The, the, the Tokyo Olympics, which were meant to be held in 2020, are going to be broadcast in 8K this year when they're held. I think they're due to be held in May or June this year. So if you've got an 8K TV, you'll be able to watch native 8K content from the Tokyo Olympics. And that's not to mention also gaming. The PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X can support 8K gaming. So if you uh, have an 8K TV with 120 hertz refresh rate and a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox Series X, your gaming experience is going to go next level in 2021. 
Moving along, smart home products. I think we're going to see a lot more. This this area of our lives is going to continue to expand. It's, it's already worth billions of dollars a year just here in Australia. And customers have really embraced the smart home ecosystem in 2020. And they're going to build on that this year. We've discovered that we can work from home and learn from home. And as a result, we also, we, we pressure, we, we sort of load tested our Wi-Fi networks and made them even better in 2020. Not only so we could work more efficiently, have have a faster connection, but also stream content a lot a lot smoother, and play games a lot faster as well. So that's an um, that's an ideal bedrock for building a smart home ecosystem. We've got that foundation in place. People have have already purchased smart speakers and other smart devices. I think this is the year where it's no longer an early adopter move to have a smart product. It's now truly become mainstream. The other, the final thing, uh, I think we all, this is my prediction that it started with Apple once again. They started the trend of not including a charger in the iPhone 12. So that little charging brick, they left it out. They, they could, they, their reasoning was we're going to make the product, it'll be ch- a little bit cheaper to produce the product, it's going to do a hell of a lot to, to benefit the environment and I think other other manufacturers are going to follow suit. At the time, I think they laughed and they, they even sort of had a bit of fun at Apple's expense And but now I think the the message is out there, the rumours that I'm hearing is that other companies are going to drop them as well. So I think the next Samsung phone, the S21, which we there were plenty of rumours abound about the S21, it's due in in a couple of weeks, there's going to be an an event on January the 14th, so stay tuned for that. There is a story that we've written on Tech Guide about the many rumours and the leaked photos, it's it's kind of the worst kept secret uh, in tech at the moment, what what the S21 Samsung phone is going to look like, but the rumours are that it won't include a charging charging brick either and other companies are going to follow suit so uh, apple once again starting the trend so third-party charger manufacturers like belkin who sponsored the the tech guide help desk on this very podcast they're going to see i think significant growth as customers look for alternative charging products whether it's a a gan a gallium nitrate uh, charger that is a lot smaller but can charge a lot faster uh, or a wireless charger maybe they're going to take the cables completely out of the equation and just go wireless but anyway they're the kind of the, the predictions and the trends we expect to see in 2021 do you agree with me if you want to read a bit more you can check it out at techguide.com.au this is tech guide with Stephen Fennec. Now, I'll ask you the question right now. Do you think you're addicted to your smartphone? Now, before you answer, I already know the answer. And the answer is yes. According to Monash University, 99.2% of smartphone users have some level of fear or addiction about not having their smartphone with them. They've even coined a name for the condition. It's called nomophobia, which is short for no mobile phone phobia. So that that's this study done among 2,838 Australians shows that we can't bear to be without our phones. And when we're not with our phones, we, we get a little bit nervous. And in fact, when we use our phones, we're so addicted to our using our phones that for some people, it leads us to prohibited and sometimes illegal behavior. 
the thirteen the, the, the study shows that thirteen point two percent of the population show, show that the this fear this nomophobia is so severe it would lead to this dangerous and illegal use. Now the study shows that almost half forty three point three percent of people admitted to spending more than three hours a day on their phone. And the more they use their phone, the greater the nomophobia and the higher the risk they would go to to continue to use their phone. And by this, I'm talking about this, this using it in prohibited spaces like a cinema, a library, a classroom. They risk it. But what's even worse is for some, the, the, they're 14 times more likely to put themselves and others in danger to continue to use their device. And I'm talking about while they're driving or cycling and walking. Walking, I can understand. I've used my phone while I'm walking, not when I'm crossing the road. I think that that really annoys me, watching people crossing the road, looking at their phone, not paying attention. All it takes is for a driver to be distracted. You're on your phone and God knows what could happen there. When And it's actually illegal in some parts of the world. I think some states in the US, I think Hawaii is one state I know for a fact where it's illegal to cross the road looking at your phone. You get fined. So the the this nomophobia, walking, I can understand, but be careful. Don't, don't look at your phone while crossing the road. But driving, I think that's unforgivable. Driving, I think now with the severity of penalties and... The number, the sheer number of ways you can you can access your phone while hands free and still have access to your calls and charge your phone while you're driving. There's no way you should be touching it or using your device now. And and go, I'm glad the fines are really severe. A lot of demerit points you lose when when you get caught. And and so so they should. So. Not surprisingly, though, uh, young people aged 18 to 25 display the highest level of nomophobia, with men almost twice as likely to engage in dangerous use than women. What do you think about that one, guys? We are more likely to take a risk to use our phone or to use our phone. Now, the other part of this is the, the other part of the study found that mobile phones also caused issues when the digital world and the physical worlds collided. I think it's not uncommon to see people just engrossed in their phone and ignoring the people that are around them. Uh, a person's dependency on their phone was is, is related in this study to give them a sense of belonging. Uh, their, their social identity is tied to their device. They're on Facebook. They're looking at Instagram. They're doing stuff. And for many, that digital identity has affected how they navigate their social life offline. I think that's a perfect example of, of, of that, is seeing people at a table in a cafe or a restaurant and they're both on their phone. They're not talking to each other. They're looking at their phones. They're paying more attention to their device and the people that aren't with them than the people that are with them in person. I think it's a little sad. And I do make a point of whenever I go out with my wife or my children that I say, look, let's put the phones away. Let's just talk to each other. Uh, I think that that's, that that's the way forward. I, I'm... I wouldn't call myself a heavy user. I obviously need my phone to, to do my job and to be in contact and to do things. And But I would never, ever put 
it forward in and in preference to talking to my wife or talking to someone in person. I, I think that face to face is something that we should value. That we continue to uh, to to engage with people in conversation. And I think young younger users, especially those eighteen to twenty fives, who really know nothing else but having a phone in their hand. Uh, it's all right for us older guys and and and, and gals who have had lived more of their life without a phone than with a phone but in this instance I, I think that this 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 study does ring true for many people is that we, we if we don't have our phone we're in, we live in fear we're a little bit edgy we're, we're addicted to having this device with us all the time what do you think are you addicted are you uh, do you suffer from nomophobia let us know if you want to read more about that story though you can check it out at techguide.com.au Right about now, about this time of year, I'm normally on a plane heading to Las Vegas for the Consumer Electronics Show. I've done 16 CES shows in a row. So this has broken my run, of course, because of COVID. No physical Consumer Electronics Show this year. It's a virtual show that kicks off next week, January 11. So next week's show, we'll start talking about all the announcements that come from CES and all the companies are still playing ball LG, Samsung, Sony Hisense, all these companies are still timing their major announcements for CES which will be a virtual one this year and we'll have plenty of news and and stories about that from next week so check back on Tech Guide about that but the company that's got that's got out of the gate first of all is LG. They've uh, they've come out at top speed in 2021 to reveal their first ever QNED mini LED TV. Uh, a lot of lot of letters, a lot of acronyms there, but this is a new mini LED TV. And when, when I call it a mini LED TV, I don't mean that the TV is mini. It's not little. The, the, this TV is going to be available in up to 86 inch inches in size so what i'm talking about the mini led i'm talking about the backlight technology and how the l the lcd tv with mini led is an all-new technology that combines quantum dot technology nano cell technology with mini leds as the light source so there's going to be up to thirty thousand tiny leds that will offer a contrast ratio of up to a, a million to one with around 2,500 dimming zones on the screen. So you can imagine the contrast, the black levels are going to be superb. So brightness, contrast, black levels completely overtakes the quality of a traditional LG LCD TV. Uh, they're also going to provide higher HDR, that's high dynamic range image quality, and even better color accuracy, thanks to that really, really high contrast and an even wider color gamut. So what LG is going to do with their new QNED mini LED TVs, they're going to be released in 4K and 8K with screen sizes up to 86 inches. I told you, they're not mini TVs. Mini LED is the light source but up to 86 inches in size, massive. Now, OLED is still going to be the jewel in the crown for LG, so don't think they're turning their back on OLED. That's still going to have uh, quite a place at the table for LG. They're still uh, a brilliant picture quality thanks to the self-lit pixels, independent dimming control. So OLED is still the flagship top of the line, but the LG QNED mini LED TV will be another attractive option 
for customers. And the new panel structure will deliver this amazing immersive viewing experience within that LCD space. So if you can't afford an OLED, the QNED TV is going to be a pretty good-looking TV with amazing picture quality on top of that. The new TVs will also have a refresh rate of 120 hertz, so they render motion smoothly and more accurately. Really important if you like watching sport, action movies, if you've got a, a console like a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox Series X, they support 120 hertz. And the difference is noticeable how in terms of smoothness and just the amazing quality you get from 120 hertz TV. But LG, first up with their CES news. Uh, as I said, I'm not going to be in Las Vegas as I normally am this time of year, but I'll be covering every news, uh, every announcement, every press conference, all the major announcements and product releases. Check it. Check back with Tech Guide for the latest news and announcements from the Virtual Consumer Electronics Show. Uh, kicks off January 11 next week. But LG, first up with the news. I'm sure there'll be more news about the LG QNED TV when CES kicks off next week. But in the meantime, if you want to read more about that, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Is your Wi-Fi struggling to keep up with your streaming, work, gaming, video calling and more? And what happens if you're doing all of that at once? When you're connected to your world by Wi-Fi, be sure it's the best. Bring your Wi-Fi up to speed with Orbi Wi-Fi 6 from Netgear. Orbi Wi-Fi 6 is the best and latest in Wi-Fi. It covers your entire home with the fastest Wi-Fi for uninterrupted streaming, video calling and working and learning from home on more devices than ever before in any part of the house. It's Wi-Fi perfectly engineered. Are you ready for the best Wi-Fi ever? Find out more at netgear.com.au slash best Wi-Fi. And now a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec. Alrighty, kicking off the reviews for this this year on episode 432 is an outdoor speaker that you can take anywhere. This is the Eco X Gear, that's the company, and the product is called the Eco Explorer. They've got a funny spelling there, Eco with a big X and then Plora after that, so... Eco Explorer, I'm going to call it, from Eco X Gear. We have spoken about some of their products uh, in the past on the podcast. They, they produce a range of rugged gear you can take anywhere. In fact, my son took this camping. He said, I'm taking that because he went camping, and it's, it's, it's perfect for the outdoors. It produces some great sound through the Bluetooth speakers, but it's also waterproof. It's got an IP67 rating, which means it's 100% waterproof, so perfect for an outdoor speaker, whether you're at the beach, uh, camping, wherever you want to be. Fully submersible. So if this goes in the water, not a problem. And even if it does go in the water, guess what? It floats. You're not going to lose it. It's going to sit there. You know, it's not going to sink to the bottom, which is incredible when you think about it. It is pretty heavy. Well, not that heavy. It's, it's bulky to pick up. It's a big speaker. It's, it's 33 centimetres tall, 25.4 centimetres wide, four and a half kilos it weighs. So it's solid, but yet it still floats. I find that remarkable. That's one of the best features. But on the sound side, of course, it sounds fantastic, but it's a rugged speaker, rugged drop-proof design, so it can easily handle the bumps and scrapes of outdoor living. So if you drop this and you falls out of your truck or whatever happens, 
it's going to live up to it. I think it's ideal also for like a work site. If you're a, a tradie, maybe you want this on the work site. Not a bad alternative here. It, it does come with, uh, it has an internal battery, so you can charge it. It, it. it can connect it to the wall, charge the internal battery, and then it becomes a portable speaker, of course. Uh, it's also got a strap. If you want to carry it around like a handbag, you can do that as well. But it does have a solid built-in handle, so you can carry it from room to room or from your campsite to the lake or wherever you happen to be. Now, on the music side, of course, it's a Bluetooth speaker, streams your content, has 50-watt peak amplifier, 5-inch full range and 5-inch rear woofer, along with a 2-inch tweeter. And what that means is that it produces a pretty big sound. So really nice, crisp and clear audio, enough power to fill a really large outdoor space with sound. You can also connect a dynamic microphone to the mic port. So if you want to you want to start up a karaoke session, you can do that. Or you want to maybe you want to use the Eco Explorer as a PA system. You might want to make an announcement, plug in a microphone, a dynamic microphone, and it'll work as a PA. Uh, and if you really want to pump up the music, there is a Eco Connect feature which means you can pair two of these babies, two Eco Explorers, for wireless stereo sound. Pretty good. Now, on the front, there is a, a control panel, so you know what source is playing. Uh, not only is it a Bluetooth speaker, but it's also got a built-in AM, FM radio. And you can save six of your favourites with the preset buttons. It's got an LED screen, so you can clearly see what source you're playing or what radio station you're listening to. Uh, it does come with the volume keys, of course, uh, for the music and for the mic. And if you want to connect another device, you can play from a wired source with a 3.5mm auxiliary in jack as well. There's also an Eco Talk button because you can control your content with Siri or Google Assistant. So if you've got uh, an iPhone or an Android phone, you can actually control your playback just by talking to this thing. Uh, the built-in rechargeable battery lasts for up to 30 hours. That's at typical listening levels. Uh, there is uh, that's a weekend away without having to charge. You know, if 30 hours, that's heaps. Uh, does uh, ha- does take up to eight hours to fully recharge, so it's an overnight jobby. Uh, but after that, 30 hours of playback and you're good to go. The Eco Explorer, Eco uh, Speaker, Eco X Gears. The company Eco Explorer is the product name. It's priced at $329.99. And if you want to read more about it, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. Next up, I think this is a product that's ideal for this time of year. I think there's a lot of people maybe heading out on holidays. Uh, they want to keep an eye on their place or their pet. They might have gone back to work this week and they're concerned that their pet might be a bit lonely after being used to having them home for the last week or so. Uh, here's a product that's called the Ring Indoor Cam. And as its name suggests, it's an indoor camera only, so not an outdoor camera. If it was, it'd be a lot more expensive. Uh, it would be a bit more rugged. But in this case, it's a discrete indoor camera. By discrete, I mean it's small, not that you can hide it. It's it, You can just sit it on a shelf. Uh, you can uh, check in on remotely through the Ring app. It only costs 99 bucks too. It's really affordable. Uh, so same company, of course, behind the smart doorbell. And uh, the new indoor cam, the latest in the range of Ring has many connected cameras. This is the latest in the range of them. But if you uh, just want something really simple to be able to look inside your home or at your pets or whatever you need to monitor while you're away, 
while you're out of the house, the Ring indoor cam is a good choice. It's 7.5 centimetres tall uh, without the stand, 4.5 centimetres wide. and can be positioned anywhere. The stand, if you're rest on a shelf, the stand's obviously on the bottom. If you want to mount it to a wall, you can uh, take the, the stand from the bottom and screw it into the back as well. Uh, so it does have that screen stand. So you can mount it. And you're getting full high-definition video, by the way, so you can clearly see what's going on at your place, really clear. It's also got two-way audio, so you can talk to whoever's in front of the camera or near the camera. You might want to say hi to your pet. You might want to say, g'day, Ziggy. And your dog or, dog or cat will be wondering where the hell's the voice is coming from. But uh, handy if you do want to do that. Maybe you want to check in on your kids in the other part of the house, maybe, or whatever you need to do. The Ring indoor cam can help you do that. It has night vision as well, so you can clearly see and detect motion in complete darkness. So this isn't just for seeing stuff. It's also about detecting as well, so detecting motion. Uh, It does have a motion detection alert, so you can set it so that if it detects any kind of motion, you get an alert. And looking back at the app, you can look back through and see any motion that was detected in your timeline. Uh, If you do want to have more than a week of storage, you will have to get a a subscription, which is only a few bucks a month, Uh, but worth it if you've got several cameras and you want to maybe keep an eye on the place, go back looking further, uh, have your video stored for, for a longer time, 30 days or longer. But uh, look, this is, a, this is a really inexpensive product that is a really easy way to start your, your smart wireless camera journey. If you do want to set up a small camera, really easy to set up as well, really easy to monitor, got all the features that you need. It, it's, it's do, it doesn't have a rechargeable battery, which I think helps because it's indoors. It's probably, you can easily put it near a PowerPoint and not like an outdoor camera where it's got a battery you have to recharge every couple of months. This is really easy to manage and install. So it's kind of a set and forget solution. Uh, the, the outdoor cameras are more expensive, a little bit more sophisticated because they have to so they have to be all weather cameras. And they've also got to run wirelessly and also run with a, with a rechargeable battery. That's why uh, wire-free cameras, security cameras are a little bit more expensive. There's a little bit more engineering behind them. They've got to be weatherproof. They're a bit bold and so that, that's why they cost a little bit more than this one. This is a $99 camera. The Ring indoor cam can detect motion, provide a notification through the app, uh, available in black or white as well, so you've got a colour choice, and it's only 99 bucks. Worthy, worth it, I think, if you want to have a camera to keep an eye on things. If you're not there, get the motion alerts if you want as well. This is a great choice. The Ring indoor cam, check out our story, techguide.com.au. Now, the next up, we're talking about the HyperX Quadcast S microphone. And we're not talking into it right now, but I think this is more of a... I've never really said this before about a microphone, but it's a microphone that's designed to be seen, not just heard. I think the reason the reason I say that is because it has this not only impressive audio quality, but also this, these amazing lights it has these lights that change before your eyes. So I think HyperX has built this for a live streamer. If you're a YouTuber, Twitch, you're, you're on a live stream and you want something that's visually engaging, apart from yourself being visually engaging, of course. But here's a mic that looks cool. 
it, it sounds great. It's a condenser microphone designed for streamers and podcasters too. Simple plug-and-play solution. It comes with a USB, so if you want to connect it direct, you want to record to a computer or whatever you need to do, straight through the USB connection. And the, it, the sound quality, I've got to say, is really impressive for, for a, phone, a microphone of this kind. It, it sounds really solid, like it's up there in terms of, uh, you know, it's same ballpark as like a pro-level pro level microphone in terms of quality. So if you're looking to, to get started in your podcasting or perhaps you want to get into streaming, this is a, a pretty, pretty impressive solution that not only records well, great audio quality, but also has these lo- lots of great features and also that amazing light show. Before we talk about the lights though, the microphone is quite versatile. There are four selectable patterns to suit the type of recording you're doing. So it's really easy to flip between them. There's a dial on the back of the microphone. So these include stereo for recording vocal and instruments. There's an omnidirectional mode. So if it's a group chat, there's a few of you maybe sitting around the mic. It's it, it, Everyone gets picked up. If you're doing a one-on-one, like a face-to-face interview and you're sitting opposite the person you're talking to, there's also a bi-directional mode for that one-to-one recording. So each each person gets gets the uh, the microphone in equal measure, so they're both recorded equally. And there's also the cardioid uh, for solo recording as well, which is sort of focuses the recording in one direction. So if it's a solo, a one one person recording, uh, you can do that. Top of the microphone as well. There's a there's a mute mute control. So one tap to mute. So uh, you'll know when that's activated because the LED lights turn off as well. So really easy to find that out. When you tap back on again, not only does the mic come back on, but the lights come back on as well. Now, let's talk about those lights. They look amazing. The lights, if you do nothing, they slowly change color. It's quite mesmerizing. I just sat there just looking at it. It's really cool. So for live streamers, it's not only uh, great for being heard, but it's a good decoration as well. It's It looks great. Uh, and you can even personalize the RGB lighting effects. If you have a Windows PC, you can download the HyperX Ingenuity software, which works with only Windows PCs, and that'll give you, you can set it to all these different kind of modes. Uh, For our review, we connected it to our MacBook Pro. We needed a USB dongle to connect the USB to our USB-C port. Still worked fine. And then we fired up just a free recording software called Audacity, which is free to download. And we started recording. And we the, the surprising quality of this microphone, it, it did take me by surprise. My voice was clear, crisp, and as, as I said before, not far off a pro-level microphone. Like now I'm talking into a, a Procaster from Rode, which is kind of my go-to mic for my podcast. And I'm using the Rodecaster as well, which is their, their deck to, to help me uh, use all my stings and set all my levels and all that. But the HyperX really cool there's a nice volume knob at the bottom as well so i think it, it's really simple to use everything you need is at your fingertips Quality's great there's even a built-in pop filter i've got a little foam like a windsock they call it on on top of the mic i'm talking into right now and that what that does that smooths out the plosive noises so if you're p- p- a lot of the those p sounds and all the plosives it helps soften that down with the HyperX quadcast s that's built in so the pop filter is built in. The last thing you want to do is put a big foam sock over that beautiful RGB lighting. 
So it's a good idea that they had the built-in pop filter as well to give you that more professional sound. There's a 3.5mm headphone jack on the back as well, so you can monitor your sound in real time because I'm wearing headphones now. I like to hear how I'm sounding, and you can do that as well with the HyperX Quadcast S. Uh, it's got a built-in mic stand as well. Uh, it does come with a little attachment so you can screw it into a boom arm if you want to. So really versatile mic for streamers, podcasters, content creators. You can even use it for video calls and you work from home meetings as well. So if you want to put a bit, put a bit of color in your life, entertain your people on your Zoom call with your beautiful HyperX Quadcast S colorful microphone the lighting is amazing you really got to see this great pictures on tech guide check it out it's only 299 bucks as well so i think that's a bargain you're getting a light show and a microphone all in the one product if you want to read more about it check it out techguide.com.au this is tech guide with stephen fennec the tech guide podcast is proudly sponsored by norton they're the company that can keep you and your family safe online There's been a rapid increase in cybercrime with constant data breaches, online scams and ransomware, just to name a few. Norton's all-in-one cyber safety solution, Norton 360 Premium, now comes with dark web monitoring powered by LifeLock, which helps notify you if your personal information is discovered on the dark web. It also includes device security and secure VPN with bank-grade encryption to help keep you private, online, plus a password manager, PC safe cam and more. With Norton's award-winning security and globally trusted protection across 50 million customers, rest assured Norton 360 Premium with dark web monitoring is the all-in-one protection for your devices and data. Norton 360 Premium is available now at leading retailers. And now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. Tech Guide Help Desk brought to you by our good friends at Belkin. Belkin make great chargers, the gallium nitrate chargers. They make great batteries, cables, you name it, any kind of accessory you need, even speakers, wireless chargers. Check it out, belkin.com forward slash au. Interesting question I had from a reader, uh, a man whose wife is uh, blind and loves listening to audiobooks. And he was saying, look, I, I, she, she wants to hear, the only place she can hear the audiobooks is on, her, on his phone. So he sets it up and she listens to the book, but he says, look, while she enjoys listening to the book for long periods of time, when I need to make a phone call, when I need to do things on the on the device, on the phone, uh, she has to stop listening to the book and he, he has to make do whatever he has to do before she can resume listening to the book again. So he asked me, is there any particular kind of device that he can buy that will enable his wife to hear the audio books whenever she wants? And in fact, there is. And my recommendation was to buy an Echo smart speaker. Now, Echo is made by Amazon. Amazon's the same company who owns Audible. Audible, I love Audible. I listen to audiobooks all the time. And the there is a feature, if you have an Echo smart speaker and link it to your Audible account, it, can, it knows where you're up to in your book. So if you say in your car, you're listening to it through your phone, in your car, you go for a walk, you're listening then, it knows where you're up to. So all you have to say is, Alexa, play my audiobook. And I think my, my speaker's about to do that. No, it's not. But that's all you need to do. And it'll pick up where you left off in your current audiobook. 
So I think that's a great solution for this particular this particular issue here. But not only not only for this particular customer, this this particular user, but anyone who's a fan of audiobooks, I, I often when I'm in the shower and I've got my Echo speaker just outside the shower, and I'm I'm in a in a particularly good audio book that I want to keep listening to. I I fire it up when I'm in the shower. I tell Alexa play play the play on play it for me, and I turn up the volume with my voice as well, so that I can hear it even when I'm in the shower. The speaker's just outside the shower; it's not waterproof, but it's I can play it loud enough for it to be heard. And spoken word stuff, you, you don't have to play too loud to hear it. So. Um, I, I love doing that, and I think a great solution for anyone else who's a fan of audiobooks, you may not have realised you could do that through your Echo smart speaker. And that is the end of our first show for 2021. We're so glad to be back and glad that you're back listening. Uh, everything we've spoken about, of course, you can find at techguide.com.au. And feel free to get in touch with us as well. Send us an email, info at techguide.com.au. We want to give a special thanks to our great sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Thank you for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.